Hey guys, my name is Petey and I hope you are doing great. Today we are going to be talking about a topic that is something that no one seems to ever talk about. Um, and and I'm talking about I've never heard a church in my life, like a Christian church, talk about this. Um, that's just me. I'm sure there are, but it's so rare to to hear anyone talk about this, and it's quite shocking. And today I want us to dig in this into this. I think the reason that people don't talk about it is because it's controversial, it's weird, and people don't know what to think. They don't know what to. People just don't know, you know. And so today I want to just talk about zitzits. And um, before I get to what they are and what they're about, I want to just tell you a little bit about my personal journey with it and how I came about it and you know all that so obviously I read my bible okay and you know when you go through the old testament you read through the old testament which is so important for us to in order to understand Yeshua you know Jesus and our father Yahweh you know if to to understand God, we need to understand the front of the book, the very word that became flesh, because I, I have news for you. The New Testament isn't what became flesh. I'm not a, the New Testament is amazing. I study it all the time. I walk it out. I try my best to walk it out. But um, the Old Testament is the very word of God that became flesh. That's when Yeshua said, I, you know, he eat of me, you'll never go hungry and thirsty again. He's talking about his word as well. You know, he's talking about the word of the Father that he given has given us from the beginning. So that the whole front of our book, which is not, it's not really old. It's supposed it's it's very. We're always going to be new to it. It's such a rich thing that we're always going to be new to the Torah. We're always going to be new to the Father's instructions. So now with that, have that out of the way. I've been studying it so much, you know, the past few years, um, and it's it's absolutely changed my life in such an amazing way, you know, where I'm now actually seeing how Yeshua, how Jesus walked, and because I can read and understand how He walked and why He walked that way, I can now actually apply that to my life, and I can walk as He walked. You know, now it's not it's not just this abstract thing of oh well, love. You know, love. And yes, yes, love is what the Torah and the prophets hang off of, what the law hangs off. And love is, it's, it, 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 it's, it summarizes, if you will, the law. But what is love? You see, in the world, love can mean anything. Love is, is abstract. It's, 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 it's lo- it could be lust. It could be, uh, you know, but the, but the Father has gone and given us a word. Which actually shows us, if you follow this, this is what love is. He says, if you love me, then do this. If, if you want to demonstrate your love to me, my son, my daughter, follow my instructions. Follow what I have given you because it will protect you. It will guard you from the world, from the diseases, from the curses, from all the stuff. Because when we break his instructions, we bring. there's always a consequence to it, right? So he, it's like a love letter to his bride. And in this period we were in, so we can live as we ought to live as the bride. God, listen, God, listen, the bride. If you if you are part of the bride of Yeshua, man, that's a high standard. It's a high standard to follow. And so he has given us instructions to help us walk as he walked. Because a, a bride ought to walk as her hus- husband walks. 
In terms of zitzit, so when when we go into the word, we when we're gonna get there now, we read a lot about it, and it's you know I read it, I've read it before, and I'm just like, hmm, okay, you know, and and I just I just never focused on it. It was just kind of this thing, you know, you read over things, and then until about a year ago, you know, I've I've been praying about zitzit like slowly. I've just kind of been praying about it here and there. I'm not, but not really convicted yet or anything like that, and. And I just had this um, friend who gave me a zitzit, one, um, like this one, as a present, okay? And it was just like a souvenir kind of present, kind of gift. It was just one of them, and you're supposed to actually have four, actually. So it was just, oh, that's cool. And and when I started, like, looking at it, I was like, I was feeling so convicted. And And I started feeling like, I think the Father's trying to tell me something because I've been praying about this thing, you know, the past few months, you know, and now the Father has put it on someone's heart who who I prayed for. I prayed for her and she got healed and she gave me a ziti as a gift just to say thank you, you know. And I got so convicted and my, my heart was crying out like, like to follow His instructions, right? And it's always been, but... But now suddenly, like I'm seeing this instruction in this word, and I'm like, Father, this is, this is what you wrote for me. This is what you you said you want me to follow. When we talk about God's instructions, there is a few reasons that 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 He gave it to us. One of the reasons is He wants us to be set apart from the world. You see, when you follow God's instructions, you will look nothing like the world. He say He actually says. You are to be set apart. Every time, like when God gives us a list of his instructions in his word, he follows and says, you are to be set apart for I am set apart. Or you are to be holy for I am holy. And when Peter says, you have heard as it was written, be holy for I am holy. When Peter says that, where do you think he got that? He got that from from the front of our books. Because God has been, and he's quoting from the law. He's saying, guys, you have heard. Be holy for I'm holy. And now how does that work? It's, it's, we follow his instructions. And from following his instructions, we look nothing like the world. We look completely different. We look set apart. And so guess what? The world's going to hate you for that. And then that's why Yeshua, Jesus says, If you follow me, they will hate you for my name's sake. Don't be surprised by this. Because if you follow me, you're going to look nothing like the world. You're going to look different. And the world hates different. The world hates holiness the world hates set apartness you see and that's why jesus was always preaching and saying like if you want to follow me it's going to be a hard thing man because you're going to need to walk like i walk and i look nothing like this world i'm in right now why god it's not because he was like this abstract thing that he's following he was following the very written word of god because if he did not he would have sin on him because sin is the transgression of the law so if he did not follow the word of his father he would be in sin and then he would not be able to die for me or for you because he would not be a spotless, perfect lamb suitable for that sacrifice. Following his instructions, it, it, it makes us look set apart. And number two, what I want to submit to you guys is that it brings freedom. There's a misconception in, in the world that following God's word, following the Bible, it is, oh, it's such a burden. Oh, it's such bondage. Oh, it's so... 
you know, weighty on your shoulders. And you know what I found is the people who say that or the very people who push man-made instructions and put them on the shoulders of others. So, for example, you would even have a lot of churches speaking against a lot of instructions of the Father and saying, oh, if you have to keep that law, it's a burden for you. Okay. But the word actually tells us a totally different thing. And the, the psalmist tells us that, oh, Lord, how I adore your law. Your law brings freedom. Your law is liberty. And Paul even speaks about the law of liberty. What law of liberty is he speaking about? The same one that the psalmist is speaking about. And that's the Torah and the prophets. Because if you follow it, you'll be free from disease. You'll be free from curses. You'll be free from everything that go, can go wrong with you. Because the law is there to protect you from the world. But now if we start placing extra man-made instructions on top of that law, such as the Jewish extra added traditions, which is not in the word of God, but extra stuff, or the Christian extra added traditions of the Christianity, you know, extra feast days, which are not in the word of God, certain ways of dressing, certain ways of doing this and that and that, which is not in the word of God, you know, um, just like the Pharisees, you know, the Pharisees, we read a lot about how they, they persecuted the disciples because they weren't washing their hands before they ate, because that was a law that was given by the Pharisees, not by God, but by the Pharisees. And they were trying to put that on the shoulders of all men so they can control them. In the same way, our churches and our religious organizations have been placing extra stuff on our shoulders to control us, right? So when we talk about his instructions, it's freedom. Guys, it's not bondage. If you follow God's instructions and you think it's bondage, you are being deceived so much. You're either following it for your salvation, which is not what we're going to be doing today, which is not what we're talking about today. If we, we do not, we're saved by grace. We're saved by the finished work of Yeshua on the cross for us. We're not saved by what we do, because if we do, we're going to be not going to make it because Man, I'm not a perfect guy, and if I try and rely on my my works, I'm going to have a bad day. I'm going to get really depressed. I'm going to get really, start really feeling really far from God, because I'm going to start feeling that because of my works, God is now separating himself from me and all that. But Yeshua opened the door for me to enter into his presence, regardless of what I look like right now. He opened a door where I can come and repent. He He's, he's my offering. He's my... I can place my sin on him and repent. As long as I'm not in habitual sin, I can be clean. Now that we have all this out of the way, guys, I just wanted to lay that foundation so that we can be on the same page. I'm not here talking about a safe by works gospel. Today I'm talking about, okay, guys, the, 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 this, we've got salvation, but now what? You see, like, guys, when salvation is the whistle that blows. It's not the finish line. Salvation is when you start the race. Salvation is not the finish line. And if you think salvation is the finish line, you're going to be so disappointed when you get in front of God at the, the great white throne judgment. And he tells you, why did you think that salvation is, is, is that all that I wanted? I was, I, God wants more from us. God, God, God wants us to act like his bride or to act and follow what he said in his word and 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 be obedient walk in holiness so now that god has given you holiness what will you do now will you now depart from that holiness by not following his word or will you walk in that holiness and walk as he walked see that's what this is about 
Okay, guys. So I mean, so let's let's talk about Zetis. Let's see what it's about. What is what does God say about it in His Word? Um, and 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 numbers. Okay, but there's a lot of people who say that why are we reading about the Old Testament? Because the Old Testament is not for us; it's for the Jews. Okay, there's we need to understand, guys, that the, the there were twelve tribes in Israel. The Jews were only two of those twelve tribes. The Jews. This is when we talk about Israel. It's not even just the Jews we're talking about. There is ten other tribes. Who were there, who lost their identity, and who've been scattered across the world. And it can be me and can be you. Okay, you could actually be one of those tribes, one of the very descendants of the people who stood when the commandments were given to the people. Or you could not be, but then you are grafted into Israel, into God's people, because Israel is simply what we call God's people. It's not a genealogy line and whatever, it's about just following God. And, And he says here, in Numbers 15, verse 15, For the assembly there shall be one statute for you and for the stranger who sojourns with you, a statute forever throughout your generations. You and the sojourners shall be alike before the Lord. One law and one rule shall be for you and the stranger who sojourns with you. Now, first off, God is repeating himself because he is trying to make a very important point here. He's saying that there's one law, guys, for the stranger for the for for the guy who's who who's not of you of your bloodline of your whatever but there's one law for him and for you there's not a law for a gentile and a law for a israelite it, it's not how it works he's saying there is one law and one statute for all because it just what it makes sense for god to be like okay so you know, you're Israel, I'm going to give you this law. You're a Gentile, I'm going to give you that law. Hopefully, you're not going to stay a Gentile forever and you're going to actually start getting grafted in and become part of Israel because there's no new covenant for Gentiles, guys. You need to understand, guys, there's, there's a new covenant. It's been made out to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In other words, Judah, the house of Judah, that, that compri- com- is, comprises of the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe of Judah. Okay, that's the house of Judah. And then we have the other house, that's the house of Israel. That's the other 10 tribes. Okay, and so guys, there's no house of Gentile. You're either in, it, in Israel or you're in Judah, the house of Judah, or you're not part of God's covenant. Right, so now that we kind of understand that, let's and we understand that the Old Testament is not for just the Jewish people or whatever, it's for everyone. Now let's look at what uh, he says in verse 37. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the people of Israel and tell them to make tassels or fringes or some translations might say zitzits on the corners of their garments throughout their generations. Okay, and to put a cord of blue on the tassels of each corner and it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them. Not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which are inclined to whore after. So you shall remember and do all my commandments and be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Now, guys, there is a lot in there. And let's break this down. He says, first off, that you are to make tassels, fringes or zitzits, whatever you want to call them. And this and this is what it is. Um, you are to put them on the four corners of your garment and he says throughout your generations in other words this is not just for this generation it's not just for this year it's not just for next year this is for forever this is for throughout your generations as a perpetual statute forever and then he says 
put a blue on the tassel of each corner. And it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them. Not to follow after your own heart, after your own eyes. So this is to look at. It's when you look at this, this is a reminder of the instructions of the Father. It's a, it's a reminder that we are to do them. That we are not to forget, forget. And he follows and says, so that we don't follow our own hearts. So we don't follow what seems right to a man. Not like what feels right. Not what, oh, you know, this. I think this is love. Maybe I should just do this. No, no, no. He says, you look on these and you see them. And this is to remind you that you are to not go after your own heart, not what feels right, but what is right. And what is right is what's been written in the commandments of the Lord. So you shall remember and do all my commandments and be holy to your God. Be set apart to your God. So he says that this here, this instruction is going to set you apart. This instruction is going to make you look very weird and different. Than the world. People are going to look at you and be like, what's that? You know, they're going to be like, what's, what's this about? And, and it's either going to, number one, make them interested. And they're going to be like, tell me about this. Or number two, they're going to be utterly disgusted by it and persecute you for it. If they hate the Lord, if they hate God, if they hate Jesus, that's what they're going to do. And that's how we get persecuted. So he says, if you want to want to be holy, then act holy. You know, do what I say and be holy. Then he says, I'm the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I'm the Lord your God. So the land of Egypt, we know it represents slavery. It represents um, the world, you know. So he says, God, Lord, man, dude, I've brought you out of the world. I have called you to be a set apart bride for me because I love you. And because I've called you out, I don't want you to go and continue and go back to that. Continue and just do what Egypt does. Just follow after the practice of Egypt. No, I want you to now change your life completely from top to bottom and adopt what I tell you. And you are to look nothing like the Egyptians or like the world. You are going to look different than from them. So first off, one of the big things, the first things we would, we are going to realize that this, there are these lines in here. So as you can see, there's blue threads and there's white threads. And so what the blue threads just represent, uh, one of the things that it represents for me and what I've, I've, I've come to learn about it is that, so uh, these are kind of lines, all right? And these lines, it's kind of, drawn in the sand. It's like a line drawn in the sand and, and Hebrew, the very definition of the word Hebrew means crossed over. All right. So basically when you become, when you start becoming part of God's people, he, he, um, calls you to cross over into his property, into his place, into his, into his kingdom, you know, and with that, there comes, there's a lot of things that we follow with that. So we follow his instructions. We follow the, the laws of the kingdom, what he's given and set out for us. We cross over this line, but see, there's many lines because the father knows that we are going to cross over. We're going to sin and we're going to make mistakes along the way while we learn how to walk as Yeshua walked. And that's even why Yeshua was sent in the first place to die for us, right? And so he understands that it's not just one line. He, he, we cross the line, we fail, but then there is another line that he makes for us. He, 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 he shows, and it's representation of his incredible mercy. It's representation of, you know what, you, you've fallen short, but here, I'm giving you another chance. I'm giving you another line to cross over. Oh, son, I love you, and I'm going to pick you up when you fall. I'm going to pick you up when you fall. You know, and it's like that. I remember that 
this story of this this man and he you know he's walking on the sand and he and he comes to God and it's the end of his journey and he says father where have you been you know he looks back because he's looking at his footprints and there's just one set of footprints he's like father where have you been all my life why have you departed from me why and he says and father says there's just one set of footprints because I've been the one carrying you you see, and that's exactly that. And the father understands that we are going to make mistakes. We're going to fall short. And this represents his mercy. So in here, there's eight strands. All right. Every word in Hebrew has a number attached to it. So the word zitzit, which is what the, the Hebrew word for these are. Zitzit literally has a number 600 attached to it. Eight strands. Okay. So these are the eight strands that, that that's in the zitzit. And then we have five knots here. One, two, three, four, five knots gives us 613. And that's the commandments of the father. We have 613 commandments. And so this whole garment, this whole or whatever you want to call it, this uh, tassel, it represents 613, all of the father's instructions and all of his instructions that bring freedom. So guys, that's what it means. That's what it's about. I want to drive this further for you. I want to drive this meaning further with you because you know, all of us know about the story of the woman who bled. And Yeshua, she grabbed on the, the corner of his garment and she got healed, right? And guys, I've heard that story preached so many times in our churches and, and all that. But we missed the whole point of the story. Because, because if you don't understand what we just talked about, about the Zitzit, you're not going to understand that story. If you don't understand the Torah, you're not going to understand the New Testament. Point blank, you know. And, and that's why, you know, in John, the first chapter of John, he says, In the beginning. You know, he, because we, we, we always point people to John. We also say, always tell people, go to the book of John when they get new, become new believers. And then in the book of John, it says, in the beginning. It's like, Father, like telling them, don't start here yet. Go to the beginning. Look at the beginning of your book. Start there. And then when you get to the New Testament, it's just going to blow up with revelation. It's just going to blow up with amazing um, stuff. Because then you can actually understand the way, what Yeshua is walking about, walking out, what he's talking about. So let's talk about all that story. Luke 8 verse 43. A woman who had a hemorrhage or bleeding for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind and touched the zitzit on his robe. And instantly her, her hemorrhage stopped. Yeshua asked, who touched me? When they all denied doing it, Peter said, Rabbi, the crowds are hemming on you and jostling you. But Yeshua said, someone did touch me because I felt power go out from me. Seeing she could not escape notice, the woman, quaking with fear, threw herself down before him and confessed in front of everyone why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. He said to her, my daughter, your trust has saved you. Go in peace. For us to understand this story, we need to understand why this woman was so, why this woman grabbed the zitzit. Um, why did the woman do it in this way? Why did she, she, she grab the corner in the fringe of his garment? We need to understand that bleeding was a huge issue um, while the temple was still standing back then. Because if, if you were bleeding and you, you could never make, a, a, make an offering um, to the father for your sins. And that was a huge issue. So in other words, this woman would have never been able to make an offering for her sins enter into or come even close to the temple um, because of her bleeding. In, in Leviticus 15, we read, When a woman has a discharge, 
and the discharge in her body is blood, she shall be in her menstrual impurity for seven days, and whoever touches her shall be unclean until evening. Thus she shall keep the people of Israel separate from their uncleanness, lest they die in their uncleanness by defiling my tabernacle that is in their midst. So this instruction given in Leviticus, it's about if there's a temple or a tabernacle of God in the midst of the people, this is an instruction around that. And it basically says that if you're a woman and you're bleeding, um, you can't approach that temple because you are unclean. You're, and I mean, guys, that kind of makes sense. Um, if women were to be um, in blood and they, they, they wouldn't, I mean, that would not just be, that would logically actually just not even make sense to approach a clean and holy God's temple, right? Um, so that's kind of what it was about. But now that we understand that, we can actually further understand that this woman, not, apart from the healing that she desired, obviously she desired to simply be healed from her um, physical condition. But on top of that, she wanted to be healed because she wanted to be able to make an offering for atonement for her sin. Because back then there was a temple and there were temple services still going with, as the Father has instituted them. And so she could not have done that. That was a huge deal and a huge burden on her shoulders. And so now that we understand that, we can understand why she grabbed the tzitzit. So we, we, we just understood that the tzitzit represents the commandments of God. It's God says, this is to be a reminder for you to keep all my instructions and my statutes. Okay, And it's, and, and it's going to set you apart from the world. That's what he said about it. And now she comes and she sees this rabbi, this teacher. And she believes he's the Messiah. She believes there's something on about him that's different. And she comes and she grabs a hold of his zitzit. That represents the commandments of the Father and represents her desire to follow his commandments, his instructions. She is so like, Father, I just want to follow your instructions. Lord, oh, Father, just deliver me so I can follow your instructions. Deliver me from this sickness, this disease that has been keeping me from following your instructions. And she grabbed a hold of it and automatically, without Yeshua even praying for her, automatically the grace of God came and healed her 100%. No prayer was needed. Nothing was needed. Everything fell into place for her healing to come. And that's a lesson in itself. It means that if you're following God's instructions, healing will come automatically. If you are like, Father, I just want to follow you. I just want to be like Yeshua. I just want to follow like Yeshua, walk like Yeshua. And He followed all your instructions. Oh, Father, help me to follow your instructions. And then and she grabbed on it and power even just went out of Yeshua without him, His permission. And, his gra- and the Father's grace came upon her and she got healed 100%. And so the father's mercy extended to her because what her heart's condition was in the right place. Her heart's condition was just like, father, I want to follow you, but I cannot because this disease has been keeping me back. You see, so that's what it represents God. And it's, it's such a beautiful story when we, when we think about it, after, when we see it that way and see guys, she wasn't just, she, doesn't, she didn't just want to get healed for the sake of her own heart or the sake of her own being. She wanted to get healed so that she can be obedient. So that she lifted obedience to God's instructions above everything, even above her own heart's desires. You see, she was, and it actually says she was quaking with fear. It says that she was so afraid. She was just like, you know, God, Lord, if you permit, Lord, I need. She was so desperate for this, for this, to, for this desire in her heart to be to follow God's commandment, to to be able to offer 
um, and, and the temple and, and also to, to ju- and then to just be healed. So I want to submit to you guys that her healing wasn't the first priority. Her healing was, was priority, obviously, but it wasn't the first priority. Her first priority was pleasing her father, restoring her relationship with the father because she obviously felt that she, 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 her relationship with the father is lacking because of her condition. And so her first priority above her healing was just to restore that relationship with the Father. And she grabbed a hold of Eziti and healing flowed. Healing came. So guys, this is an, an incredibly beautiful instruction. It's not, and, and you know what, Yeshua wore it, man. And you know, and his disciples wore it, they had to, they would, if they did not, there would be a huge fuss and we would have read about that in the Word. You know, but we, the very fact that we are not reading about um, Yeshua, you know, having a, a whole thing about the tzitzit, it's because every, there wasn't question about whether they should wear it or not. Everyone was wearing it. It wasn't a question. Even the Pharisees were wearing the tzitzit. You know, that's why they didn't question Yeshua on it because he was wearing a tzitzit and, it, and they, everyone, that was actually one instruction that everyone kind of agreed on in terms of, well, mostly agreed on in terms of that that should be worn. But you see, Yeshua did say something about it. He said, don't be like the Pharisees who wear, who wear their zitzits long. And he's not, he's not actually speaking against the zitzits itself. He's speaking against the fact that the Pharisees are hypocrites. And so they're wearing something that God has said, you wear so that you can remember my commandments. And you wear it to be set apart from the world. But if you now go and you wear this and you do not keep his commandments... You're a hypocrite and you do not look different from the world. In fact, your lifestyle looks nothing like the world. Then you're actually being a hypocrite for wearing this. And you see, it becomes kind of a thing for, it can become a thing for show, a thing for, oh, look how holy I am. And and that's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. And so, guys, we need to make sure, order our hearts that that's not why we do this. You know, for me, I personally, I am wearing zitzit. And guys, it's such an incredible blessing. You know, I have, you know, walked the streets or, you know, I remember the other day I was walking down the street and this one guy, he came up to me, he saw my zitzits and he was just like, what is this thing? You know, and he, and he was drawn and, you know, it's, it's something we attach to the four corners of ourselves, of our garments and as a testimony to the four corners of the earth that we have been set apart by the Father. We have been made holy by the sacrifice of Yeshua. And so... You know, I had this open door where I told him, you know what, this is what it means. It's all about Yeshua. It's all about what he did for me. It's all about this holiness he enabled me to walk in. His grace picks me up when I fall, when I fall short. And he enables me to walk as he walked. Oh friend, brother, he loves you. And you know what, I prayed for that brother. I prayed for the Holy Spirit to come and and minister to his heart. and, And that brother was so touched by this whole thing. And he would have never approached me if he did not see this instruction that the Father told me to follow. Now guys, this is not a salvation thing. This is not about I'm... And this is also not a thing about I'm better than you. This is simply about walking more like Yeshua. This is simply about being more like him. You know, um... I'm going to make another video going to the practicalities of it, um, of what it's about. So guys, if if this speaks to you, if this, you know, the the word says that the father will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. I will write, and he says, I will write my law on their hearts. I'll write my Torah on their hearts. I'll write my instructions on their hearts. And you know, guys, this is something that I did not 
start doing because I saw it and, and as a rule that I need to follow. I did it because I love Father so much. And I was like, Lord, I want to walk as your son, God. And Lord, if this is going to bring me closer to you, oh Lord, let it ha- let me do it, Father. Help me to do it. And you know what, guys? I'm not a, I'm not a TT expert. I'm not sure I'm the best way and all of that. And I, I'm still new. And I'm always going to be new to God's instructions, you know. But it's it's about just being like, it's about the heart. It's about like, Father, I want to be like you lord help me to be like you and and you try your best to walk as you walk oh what father does not want that from his son you see god is not expecting absolute perfection from this he's expecting us to just be like lord oh he just expects us to make our beds and what i mean by that is you know when you when you when you when a father says to, he tell he comes to the, his two sons and he tells his two sons sons make your beds please you know and and the and he walks out of the room and these two sons they've never made a bed in their life before Right, and the one the one son is like, I've never made a bed before. I can't make a bed. I'm not gonna even try. And he goes and he sits on his bed and he's just like, I can't do it. You know. And the other son, he's like, Oh, brother, no, that's not how it's done. And he he goes and he tries and makes his bed. He doesn't know how. He he puts the pillows on the wrong side of the bed. It looks absolutely horrendous how he's made his bed. Okay, but he tried to. And the father comes back. He looks at the son who does it didn't make his bed. And he's like, oh man, son, okay, this is how we do it. And he, and he starts instructing him how to make his bed. And the other son, he, say, he sees that he tried to, even though it's, it's not perfect at all. He's, the father is just like, son, yeah, this, this is awesome. This is amazing. Well done. This is, and the father is so excited in the, in the mere fact that the son attempted to make the bed. And so the father was just like, wow. And then the father corrected him in, in, in such grace and mercy. Like, oh, you, we, we put the pillow on the other side, actually. And, you know, this is how we do it in this way and that way. And see, this is the thing, guys, is as we do this, when we go in faith and we just do it and we just like, I don't know how God, but father, I'm just going to try and do it. You know, and then when we try and do it, the father's like, okay, that's amazing. Well done. So let me help you here. This is not perfect yet. This is not perfect yet. But see, that's how we grow closer to him. That's how we walk more like Yeshua walk, guys. Guys, this is, guys, please don't think of this as a burden, man. Um, uh, People think of, uh, sorry. You know, people think of God's instruction so many times as, as a burden, guys. People, and I know there's going to be people here who say, Oh, PD, you're following things that are not that or that's a burden or whatever the case is. But guys, I just want to submit to you that, guys, it's impossible for such fruit to, to work in my life. That would even drive me to the point of crying right now um, if it's not from the Father. Um, it's in Father's word. He's, he's, he's set it apart for his people and there's a reason for it. We should not rebel against his word. We should not rebel like Korah. You know, in the very next chapter of Numbers, right after this instruction was given, Korah is, and he, he actually brings a lot of guys with him and they rebel against this instruction. And they tell Moses, who are you to tell us that, that we should do, that we should walk and do these things? Who are you, Moses? You know, when Moses delivered this message of the Zitzit, you know, and, and guys, I want to submit to you guys. I, I, I don't look, I don't care about the persecution. I don't care about all that. But please, please just take this to the father first. Take it to him and, and ask him, Lord. Is this what PD said true, or is this is this a, is this is not from PD? You know, I, I, guys, my heart is just to bring the Father's commandments to you, and oh, please, guys, just take this in humility, and even if it goes against everything you've learned and all what your pastor has told you, all that Christianity has taught you, you know, it probably does, and you know, I just ask you, please, 
please, please, the bride of Christ is going to be a remnant. There's a narrow gate that few will find. And man, your whole church is not going to find that narrow gate because the, the word says that the way is narrow and few will find it. And a few people is a few people. It's not, it's not our, it's not mega church. It's not all of Christianity. It's a few of them. And so when we go by what everyone does, it's a wide road and we need to get on that, that narrow road. So guys, thank you so much. Please stay tuned for part two, um, where I'm going to talk a bit more about it. And, um, and we're going to talk about how, you know, where you can get them, how it, you know, how we wear them. Are they just for men or are they for women too? You know, what it's, what it, all of that's about. So Father, Lord, I just thank you so much, Father, for your instructions, Lord. I thank you, God, that you've left us a word, Father, that enables us to, Lord, to walk exactly like Yeshua walked, Father. Lord, I ask, Father, that you would come and you would come and teach us about this, Lord. You would come and teach us about your instructions, your word, the truth of your word, Lord. How do you want us to follow it? What do you want us to follow, Lord? And, and Father, help us to just... Walk as Yeshua more, Lord. Our hearts, Lord, all of our hearts, Father, uh, Lord, is just to walk as your son, Father. And Lord, I pray that you would lift us up, Lord. Help us, Lord. Give us revelation, knowledge, Lord. No matter what it means, Father, no matter what it costs us, Lord, we want to walk as you walk, Lord. Lord, even if it looks nothing like the world, even if it looks nothing like our brothers and sisters, Father, we just want to walk like you walk, Lord. And whatever that costs us, Father. And so, Father, I thank you for giving us instructions lord that that can take our relationship with you to the next level lord father we don't just want salvation father we want all of you lord we want all of you father we want everything you have to offer father father we believe we understand for that as your bride lord you expect you expect us father to walk in an incredible holiness lord and today oh father lead us into that holiness lead us into that set apartness father and help us to just be bold for you lord in the name of Yeshua. All right, guys, thank you so much. Have an amazing day and stay tuned for part two.